it was like a pink loop. And I was like, but where's the turkey? And they're like, no, that's the turkey. They liquidized it and it just looked so bad. Welcome to The Consult Room, the podcast that celebrates pets and people. I'm Dr. Paul Mangtelow. I'm a veterinary surgeon with a passion for the rich insights and stories about pets in the modern world that we live. Whether you're a pet owner, a pet professional, or you just love hearing about pets, then this is the space for you. One subject I'm really keen to explore is the rising trend of vegan diets for dogs. And who better to get on the show than my very good friend, Dr. Guy Sandalowski. Guy is the chief vet and co-founder of Omni, the plant-powered pet food business, who, despite only going to market one year ago, has already sold over 100,000 vegan meals to dogs in the UK. The success of Omni reflects a growing trend in pet owners to make a different lifestyle choice for their pets. And Guy claims that choosing a vegan diet such as Omni for your dog provides all their nutritional needs and is 90% more sustainable in terms of land, water and CO2 emissions. Hello, Guy. (laughs) Welcome to the consult room. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me on. I'm really looking forward to today's chat and it is great to see you. When was the last time I saw you? I think when I was locuming at PDSA a few years ago, we went for lunch when you happened be there yeah you were you were doing some kind of a site visit for something i can't remember what and we ended up going for lunch but it was must have been a few years ago before covid for sure God, wow and a lot has happened since then hasn't it it has yeah and i know a lot's been happening with you but i do want to dive straight in about what we're talking about today which is vegan diets for dogs now many people will associate a dog diet with meat so uh, and and including myself up until relatively recently so talk me through how a vegan diet can be suitable for dogs absolutely so what i've learned since graduating and becoming a vet um, and studying a bit more in like nutrition and kind of the breakdown of nutrients is that dogs actually don't need me there's no evidence that they need me we just know that they need protein So then the question is, well, where can they get that protein from? Well, historically, it's been from usually waste products, like bits of the animal carcass that maybe are not so desirable. And so they end up going into the pet food chain. Um, But then in recent years, there's been alternative protein sources. You've had fish based diets, you know, even more recently, insect based diets. And now we're seeing um, instead of using those protein sources, the concept of using plant-based proteins and um, and that's kind of the starting point is if we if we accept that actually dogs need protein and not meat then it's all about choosing the protein source that perhaps has health benefits and perhaps is more sustainable um, when we're thinking about you know an environmental impact um, and, and actually plants come out on top in my opinion and in many ways but like many subjects in the pet world, vegan diets are quite divisive, aren't they? And they spark a lot of debate. But why is this? I think it's that people uh, take the care that they give to their dog. They, 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 they take it very personally. It's almost like a reflection of their parenthood. You know, if you have your dog, 
you've raised your dog from a puppy often, or even if you haven't, you create a bond that's somewhat similar to raising a child, um, especially with these humanization trends that we're seeing. And so people have a notion of what they consider to be the right way to bring up their pet. And that usually comes from what they saw perhaps their parents doing or people, friends, family that they know. And when you, you know, start to question something like that, that can be quite deeply ingrained and you start to say, well, was that the right way to do it? Is there a better way to do it? Just that concept of change can be quite difficult for many. And it's only coming from a good place. It's because people want to do what's best for their dogs. They want their dogs to live long. They want their dogs to enjoy their lives, to enjoy their meals. And their first thought is, oh God, but if I do this, will my dog be okay? Will they still enjoy their meals? And so that actually was really the focus of our company and our product. When we started Omni, it was all about health first. So if we're going to do this, let's make sure that this product is super healthy so that we can allay those kind of concerns. And the other thing that was really important to us was let's make a food that dogs enjoy at least as much as a meat-based alternative, if not more. Because if you're doing that, if you're providing food that they that's healthy and that dogs love, it suddenly becomes really difficult to not want to try it with your dog which is what we found with lots of people who've actually ended up trying our product and then switching from a meat-based diet to either a partially plant-based diet. So they might use our product as a mixer or as a sole ration. So, yeah. So I really like the way that you position that there about how people have strong views from a, a pet ownership or pet parenting point of view, which comes from a positive place. I like how you position that. But there's also lots of debate in the veterinary world, isn't there, around vegan diets for dogs? I mean, have you been part of that debate? Absolutely. Um, so this is what I love about being a vet and about being immersed in the veterinary community is as a profession, we we don't just accept trends or new bits of information or anecdotal evidence we like to we like to really make sure that there's proper scientific peer-reviewed evidence that we can really kind of critique look for holes and make sure that you know what we're telling our clients as vets is safe and accurate information and so yeah there has been a lot of debate not just about plant-based diets, but about insect protein diets, about fish diets, about raw meat diets, processed meat diets. And that's really healthy. That's really important. We have to keep having those debates and we have to keep analysing and reflecting on what we're doing and seeing if it's the right way to go forward. What I've learned through a lot of these debates is there isn't one option. There's different ways you can feed your dog and there are advantages and disadvantages to different approaches. And for some people, they really see their dogs almost as like wild wolves hunting. You know, that's how they picture their dog. And so they feel that the right diet is, for example, a raw meat diet. But then you'll speak to lots of vets who will be very concerned about that because they'll say, well, if you don't cook meat, that risk of you know, microbial contamination, salmonella, E. coli, all those bugs is so much higher. Um, and they'll say, well, there really isn't 
you know, any benefit to not cooking your dog's food. Um, and you just go round and round and there'll be vets who think that's a terrible idea and vets who think it's a great idea. But the reality is it's, it's all healthy debate and we need to do that. And what we need to do, I think, is follow all these cohorts of dogs on these diets and just keep seeing and analyzing how they're doing, how are their health outcomes, you know, what incidence of disease are we seeing? How long are they living? What's the rate of obesity, of cancer? And then later we'll be able to look back and be like, okay, there are two or three ways of doing this, but actually this way seems the best. And there has been some really, really exciting research that's come out recently out of University of Winchester and Dr. Andrew Knight. They basically took a big cohort of dogs. Some were eating a conventional meat-based diet. So you're kind of dry kibble, your canned wet food based on meat. Some were eating a raw meat diet and some were eating a plant-based diet. And what they found, well, they, they monitored to see how, how many times those dogs in the cohort went to the vet or how often they needed to take medication and all those kind of health indicators. And what was really interesting was that the plant-based dogs, even though they were the oldest on average of all the groups, actually had the least vet presentations and were on the least medications. And they were very closely followed by the, the, raw, the raw meat dog group. So they were quite similar. But because the vegan group were older, they, it, that was considered to be the healthiest of all those three options. So it's not, it's not the, the last study. We still need to do loads more research. But isn't it interesting that those results came through, you know? It is really interesting, but it, it's also really interesting when you say that, that you had the plant-based coming through as what considered the, the healthiest population of dogs. And then in second was the, the raw meat-based, which to me could, couldn't be more opposite in terms of diets. Yeah, but what it what it really brings home is kind of where I was, that kind of starting point was that, you know, dogs need protein. They don't need meat or plants. They just need protein. So if, you know, what that shows me is that, yeah, there are options. You can give your dog the protein in different ways, depending on what suits your needs and your beliefs, mm -hmm. but there isn't one way. And yeah, you, you know, I'm sure that lots of dogs live very long, happy lives on raw meat diets. Of course, they're gonna be some that, that don't, but that will be the same for plant-based. You know, there are more, there are multiple options. I really like the way that you said and welcomed the challenge there from the veterinary community and the scientific community on on new things. So whether it be, you know, new trends or new emerging diets. And I really liked um, how you position that saying that debate is good and challenge is good. However, and I don't claim to be a nutritionist at all, so I don't often wade into the science side of, of these debates. However, what I do say is that the reality is we are not getting nutrition right in pets. And the, the way I can say that is because we have such a high incidence of obesity and other nutritionally related diseases in our pet populations. So uh, even though people, I think, like you say, are welcome to challenge new things, I think there needs to be a lot more challenge in the status quo and how we're currently feeding our pets because we are seeing such massive nutritionally related problems do you agree i do paul i mean this was frankly my starting point um so you know been in practice several years worked in lots of different clinics as a vet seen lots of cases and of course a lot of these diseases that you mentioned like the obesity the cancers and other things allergies they're multifactorial it's not just nutrition but we know that nutrition plays a part 
And I don't think we're, we scrutinize the status quo enough. You know, there was a study that came out published in the really reputable journal Nature recently, written by you know colleagues at Nottingham Vet School that found that many, many of the current popular, you know, diets on the market actually don't meet FEDF guidelines. So they analyzed lots of foods, you know, I'm not going to mention the brand names, but lots of common popular brands. And very few of them actually, when they were analyzed post-production, had the right levels of vitamins, minerals. A lot of them are quite high in fat to improve their palatability. A lot of them contain processed meat, which we know in humans increases likelihood of cancer. We don't know for sure the effect in dogs. And so, yeah, I think we need to be challenging plant-based diets, but we need to be challenging all diets. Mm. And really that's what we're about at Omni because Omni means all in Latin. And we're just about exploring everything, challenging it and trying to find the best. And right now that's plant-based protein diets for dogs. In the future, it might be another protein source, you know, but we found that actually there's a lot of promise in in plant-based proteins and plant-based ingredients so let's focus on the actual food what is you, you know you say that animals need protein and dogs specifically need protein what is the protein source in a plant-based food such as omni this is actually a, a really important question and one of our key differentiators as a, as a business and as a product so a plant protein isn't the same as an animal protein. Um, so proteins are made up of building blocks called amino acids. And dogs need 10 of these building blocks. Um, they're called their essential amino acids. They need those in order to thrive. If you don't provide them, they may become poorly, you know, maybe not straight away, but over time. And it's really important that when you are formulating a diet that doesn't use animal proteins, that you use a complementary source of plant protein. So not just one, but complementary sources so that you provide the dogs with all the essential amino acids. And in, in the case of Omni, and I can't speak for other plant-based brands, but in our case, we actually use six protein sources. So we use things like pea protein, um, we use microalgae, we use soya, we use lentils and the, the reason we do that is to make sure that actually when you analyze our protein after it's been made, it is actually the same as meat. And we do that. So we analyze our food at Nottingham Vet School. They have a food lab there and we batch test every single product to make sure that it is providing all of those essential nutrients. And that's really important. Can you talk me through the manufacturing process to, to make the food? Sure. So currently um, we only make dry food but we will be bringing out wet food. But I can you know, explain a little bit how we make our dry food because it's not the same for all dry food. There are different ways of doing it. So we actually steam bake our um, biscuits, if you like, um, and we use the lowest temperature we can to cook everything so that it's nice, digestible, it kills bacteria and things, but not so much that we lose all the vitality of the ingredients. So we steam bake our biscuits at 90 degrees C, which if you think about it, if you're cooking, I don't know, a pizza in the oven, that's usually 120, mm. you know, or more, probably a bit more actually come to think of it. So 90 degrees is really gentle um, and that's very intentional. 
Um, because we believe that, you know, cooking is important, but equally, you know, it's good to to try and maintain the freshness as much as you can. So essentially, the the, the biscuits are steam baked, then they're dried, and then we spray them with like a a vegetable broth, which if it was a meat based product, would have been usually rendered animal fats um, that go at the final stage. So we use a vegetable broth as a key differentiator. And that's also why we think our food smells so nice. So we get lots of people say, I couldn't believe how good the Omni food smelled when I opened the bag. And, and we think it's because of that, because we're using lower temperatures, we're steam baking and because we use a vegetable broth to spray. But it's really as simple as that. It's, it's not as complicated as people think. And there's, you know, in our ingredients, we don't use anything mysterious or any ingredient that you wouldn't recognize. If you look at the back of our pack, if you look at the label, literally everything on that label is something that you or I would eat, like pumpkin, sweet potatoes, brown rice, lentils. And that's really important because people are looking at the label more now and people don't want to feed their dogs ingredients that they don't recognize or they don't understand. And so that was a real priority for us. This episode is sponsored by Superdog from Vitabiotics, the UK's number one vitamin company. Like all members of the family, your dog needs a balanced diet that includes a range of vitamins and minerals to stay healthy and full of vitality. Superdog's chewable, tasty braised beef tablets are packed with over 21 nutrients, expertly formulated for your special companion. Superdog's available now at Amazon, Ocado, Paws, Superdrug and Vitabiotics.com. So you claim that uh, your food is more sustainable. How, how can you how do you make that claim? Where's the evidence for that? So we're currently being um, incubated um, on a program with Amazon. And as part of that program, we've been doing a climate assessment. They use a third party that they work with to help us kind of look at, OK, if our diet was to use beef protein from I don't know, the UK, let's say, from Scotland, what would the carbon footprint of that be? And then um, we compare that to where we get our ingredients, so let's say oats that we get from the UK, and we look at the relative carbon footprint of those products, and then that it turns out a number, and you can actually quantify when you put in all the ingredients of our food versus another food that uses meat-based products, you can actually turn out a number that shows you the saving in terms of CO2 emissions, land, water, and CO2. And I think one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that if you feed your dog a meat-based diet, that can be the equivalent in terms of CO2 emissions as owning a Land Cruiser SUV. Um, and that's staggering. And there's a study that came out of UCLA that showed that the world's pets eat 20% of the planet's meat. So, you know, just by removing the meat from their diet, even if it's not all the time, even if it's just, let's say, for meat-free lunches, if everybody did that, there would be such a massive environmental impact, you know, for, the, for good, for better. Um, and we feel really proud to be part of that. So can I talk to you a little bit about your typical customer base for uh, vegan dog food? What type of pet owner? feeds their dog a vegan diet 
Paul, we have all sorts of customers. So a lot of people who are vegan themselves would much prefer not to, you know, have meat in their households or any animal products. And they love the fact that we've created something that's actually vet formulated. It's got science behind it and they can trust. Because even people that are vegan and who don't want to feed animal products, they would if it was the only healthy option, because ultimately they want the best for their dog. So we have clearly a, you know, a good customer base amongst vegans, but I would say probably at least half our customers are not vegan. So they're kind of flexitarian. They're choosing to eat less meat themselves for, for reasons of health, for reasons of sustainability. And they're finding that because their dogs are enjoying our food so much that actually, and because they know it's nutritionally complete, they're making that switch very easily um, and they're feeling great about it. And we, we do also have people, by the way, who continue to feed their dogs meat, but they use our product for meat free lunches or as a mixer. So I think really that's why we've managed to grow as quickly as we have in the last six months, because lots of different people are interested in our product for different reasons. So you must get contacted quite a lot by pet owners asking questions. What kind of questions do people have? We do. It's uh, it's part of the the joy of the of this job is that it's a lot about having conversations with people who love their pets and who just want to understand. You know what what are my options? Um, we get asked, you know, about certain nutrients that people know you know, are historically only present in animal-based diets. So for example, we get asked about taurine or vitamin D and whether or not our diets have, have those uh, nutrients in them. Um, and of course they do. Um, and we, we don't use animal sources for those. We get asked about life stage diets. So people say, well, I'm used to feeding so-and-so food. I've got one puppy, I've got one adult dog and I've got an older dog and they're all on different diets, you know, and, and that's actually why we have life stage diets. So we're the only brand in the world that I know of that does 100% vegan diets for dogs that are actually tailored to those different life stages. Mm. We also just get questions about, you know, some of the science. People are curious. They want to read these studies that have come out. And um, we have a vet consultation service as well for people that subscribe to our product. So a lot of people are asking about, you know, how to monitor their dogs when they change the diet, how to, you know, monitor, you know, their toileting, their weight, all these sorts of all these sorts of things. And it's great to be able to really not be a big corporate faceless brand that doesn't interact with our customers. Like we've got a vet team that talks to customers every day. And I think people really value that. Can you just talk me through um, that life stage concept? What what do you have to consider in those different life stage diets? And I presume it's the composition of the diet, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really, really good question. It all comes down to research that has come from FEDIAF, the European regulatory body. They did it a long time ago and it was based on very robust science. And they actually, you know, they did studies that now we probably wouldn't do because they're not ethical. And they actually gave dogs of different life stages, diets that had, for example, less calories 
or less of certain nutrients. And they monitored to see what would happen. And through those studies, they came up with a set of nutritional needs that dogs have, particularly the puppy and the adult. And they found that, for example, puppies need a certain level of, of calories to support their growth, that if you fed that to an adult dog long term, they would just put on lots of weight. But if you didn't provide that to a puppy, they might not grow as well or develop as well. So I think the, the most important thing is calorie density. But there are other things. So, you know, we put um, probiotics in our puppy formulation to try and support healthy gut development. And um, we have all the fatty acids that are known to help with brain development and cognitive function. And also just in terms of kibble size, which might sound obvious, but actually, you know, puppies have smaller mouths. So mm -hmm. we, you know, the kibble that we that we make for puppies is about half the size of our adult kibble. Um, so things like that. And then when you go, you know, two steps further, so from adult and then onto the what we call our golden years recipe, which is our senior diet. We named it golden years because we think we should be celebrating <laughs> dogs as they get older and some, somehow senior feels a bit negative. Um, but um, so that diet, again, you know, has got lower fat, lower calories, because we know that in general, dogs metabolic um, needs reduce as they as they age. Um, and we know that that's actually the key time when dogs tend to become overweight is at that phase of life because people just continue to feed them that same food they had when they were maybe five or four years old, you know, exercising lots in the park. Yeah, so so we, we you know, we, we're all about health. So we wanted to create something that would hopefully reduce obesity. So we made that version. And, and we also put, you know, fatty acids that support joints and again, you know, cognitive function for older dogs and things like that. So yeah, it, it, they're subtle differences, but we think they're really important. Where did the inspiration come from to set up Omni? So working as a vet, I was just seeing a lot of a lot of dogs and in, in at work in the clinic. And I was just seeing a lot of health problems. And I knew that a lot of what I was seeing was absolutely nothing to do with nutrition, was to do with genetics or environment. But I also was very conscious that a lot of what I was seeing was probably related to nutrition. So lots of overweight dogs that I was treating on pain medications, like sometimes up to three different drugs to make sure that they're comfortable enough because their arthritis is so bad because they're so heavy that they can barely carry their own weight. Breathing issues because dogs are so heavy again. Um, lots of cancer. My own dog, you know, I've got a Labrador. He's like basically like a son to me. <laughs> His name's Bondi. And when he was four, he just got randomly got mouth cancer. And of course, I was seeing lots of um, of lots of my clients' dogs get cancer. And, and cancer is complicated because it's not just nutrition. But I just I just started to become really suspicious of pet food. And I actually remember going to a pet food manufacturing site. They were making a turkey. I won't say the brand name, but they were making a turkey dry food for dogs, a good quality, you know, premium brand. And I asked them, I wanted to see the turkey before it went into the kibble and they pointed to a tank of pink liquid it was like a pink loop and i was like but where's the turkey and they're like no that's the turkey 
they liquidized it and it just looked so bad and i just started to think god if we ate that every day would we all be obese and be really unwell and are we just accepting it because it's dogs you know and we don't really know we don't see what happens so i just started to think is there a better way of doing this could we maybe replace some of these ingredients that are worrying me and that was my starting point and the first thing i did was went to my nutrition lecturer at nottingham vet school uh, michael davies he's um a board certified clinical nutritionist he was head of nutrition at nottingham he's taught at the royal veterinary college and i basically said to him do you remember me from vet school and he just about did and i said can we go for a coffee and he just about agreed and i said look i've got this idea i think we should replace some of these ingredients which i think could be causing problems for our dogs and i said what do you think and he was so supportive of the idea that he decided to, to join me and he's been on board from the beginning actually and he's helped us to formulate these diets to make sure that they do have everything dogs need so that was really our starting point and and we didn't know how far it would go but it just it has we've been fortunate in that you know we didn't know where the dogs would like it for instance we knew it'd be healthy so what we did actually at the very beginning is we sent it out to we sent out 250 bags to people in the uk um, feeding all sorts of diets and we just said look this is who we are we're trying to to see what happens with this diet like what dogs think we just want your honest feedback and we were just completely overwhelmed with how positive the feedback was i think you were in that cohort i think we sent you a bag everyone was yeah. saying the dog really likes this food mm. actually some people were telling us that they were choosing it over the other food so other than mm. the, you know owner giving meat based and ours and the dog was going to ours first we thought okay this is really exciting and that's kind of how it started. And then the environmental stuff was an added bonus, but we started as a health first brand. We were trying to do things healthier and it's just great that it is better for the planet. It's just like a win-win. So yes, no, Rodney wasn't at first cut. And as I said to you, he he really did like it. I think I've got, I've got a little uh, picture I'll send to you of him looking up at the back of it. He really loved it. That's the inspiration behind Omni. How, how has the journey been so far? It's been wild. It's been an absolute roller coaster. I've never started a business before. Um, I've just basically been a vet, you know, um, all my career has been in clinical practice. So it's been a steep learning curve to, to, to put it mildly, but it's been so exciting. It's great to be at the forefront of all this research, um, looking at how we can make a positive impact. It's amazing that all these studies are now coming out to show that these diets may actually help dogs to live happier, healthier lives. And for me, that was why I became a vet, because I really, I would say I'm borderline obsessed with dogs. Um, and to feel that, okay, I've spent a certain number of years helping dogs in a clinical sense, in you know in hospitals and treating them and now like through this journey i'm actually helping to prevent disease and actually having an even broader reach that's amazing it's been a great journey and it's actually only just beginning to be honest i wanted to ask you first of all are are you vegan yourself and second of all has this journey influenced you and the way that you live or the choices that you make in life 
Yeah, I get asked this question a lot about my own dietary kind of choices. And I think it's easy to get drawn into this. And when I have answered it in the past, people, you know, people immediately say, oh, well, inflicting your own lifestyle choices on your pets and all that kind of thing. So I prefer actually to just take a sidestep from that question and just think this isn't about what I eat or what someone else's dog eats. This is just about understanding what are your options? What do dogs need? Do they need certain ingredients or do they need protein? As soon as you understand that they need protein, it's actually irrelevant where that comes from. And that's the same for me. It, it doesn't really matter whether I eat meat or not. Um, my starting point for this business was to try and create a diet that was healthy for dogs. And I can tell you that my own dog who's been eating this food for the last, well, since we created it, is doing really well. And he's almost 14 and he's a Labrador. So he's outliving all odds. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly it has, it has impacted the way I look at food, you know, because through this business, I have done a lot more research into the health risks maybe of certain diets, the environmental impact of diets. So yeah, I'm, I'm more conscientious for sure. But yeah, I prefer not, I used to answer that question really directly, but now I prefer not to. Yeah, it's really interesting. I The reason I asked that question is because when you have a dog, and I'm sure this is the same as having children, uh, not that I have any, but I always find that the more research you do looking at how to keep that, in fact, I do more research on how to keep Rodney healthy than I do on myself, I think. But there's certain things, like you say, like when you talk about the evidence around feeding certain foodstuffs can lead to certain problems. The more you read about things like that, the more inclined I feel that I am to make those choices myself. So it's almost like I'm leading Rodney first in the be more dog kind of yeah. mantra of my life that if it's a healthy choice for him, it's probably more healthy for me. Yeah, I definitely think there is something about like people say, oh, you look like the dog you choose. And I, I think there is there's a connection of sorts for sure. Um, and that extends to your diet choices and all sorts of things. Um, but yeah, it, I haven't actually seen a picture of Rodney, I don't think, ever. I have no idea. What? Hi, <laughs> are you joking? I mean, my social media is completely littered with pictures really, of Rodney. Have have so I think what you're trying to say is that you're not, you've not been watching my pictures on social media, <laughs> which I'm very upset about. No, no, it's fine. Uh, yeah, look uh, anywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's literally become the Rodney show, fortunately. Who, who How old is, is he? He's a year old, exactly. Oh. Guys, it's a really interesting subject. And even though we're coming to the end of our time, I feel like there's a load more questions I want to ask you. So I'd love the opportunity for you to come back on the show because uh, this is a really fascinating subject. And I think it's evolving as well. And I think, like you say, it's great great that people like yourself are really pushing boundaries and giving owners kind of more lifestyle choices for the dogs but doing it in a very scientific and evidence-based way um, and I'm sure as the science and the evidence develops that there'll be more to talk about so I'd love to get you back so I really wish you the best of luck for the future with Omni it sounds like it's doing really really well um, where can pet owners go to get more information about Omni or about some of the subjects you've been talking about Thanks for having me on, Paul, as well. Just to say, it's been really great to have the chat. And yeah, I'd love to follow up and see what else comes out in terms of research and how things evolve. 
the best place for anybody who wants to learn more about um, plant-based dog food in general or perhaps Omni is to go to our website. So that's um, www.omni.pet. So quite easy to remember. And what we've got there is a section um, called the Knowledge Hub. And that's where we go through um, lots and lots of these topics in more detail. And we also have a science section and a sustainability section where we talk more in more depth about some of the research um, about why our food is healthy, why it's more sustainable. That's brilliant. Thank you, Guy. You've been listening to The Consult Room. I really hope you've enjoyed today's show. Please do subscribe, follow or share this podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback. If you want to get in touch or collaborate, then do reach out to us at theconsultroom.co.uk or connect with me on social media as Dr. Paul the Vet or Dr. Paul Magdalene.